Speak the charm of make charm of make charm. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy podcast featuring Reverend Eric. Join me on an exploration of the practice, philosophy, and history of the occult, esotericism, and the paranormal. In this episode of the Arnamancy podcast, I'm joined by Alex Bullen. Um, we recorded outdoors in uh, Creston Park in Portland, Oregon. And as a result, there's some noise. We were socially distanced and using uh, microphones attached to a central recorder, but those microphones picked up a little bit of wind noise and lots of background park noise. I think it sounds kind of pleasant, except for the wind. Please forgive me. There was no real way to edit it out, but our conversation was so good that I just wanted you to enjoy it. So sit back and relax, and welcome back to the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the uh, Arnamancy Podcast. This is Eric, and I'm here today with my good friend... Alex. Ale- yeah, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Alex, Alex Bullen, who yeah. is... Uh, who's, uh, we met once. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you met them once. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're doing socially distant recording in Creston Park using my, um, uh, my Tascam... Uh, field recorder which i actually haven't pulled out in a long long time um except that you know now we're we're in season two of my podcast and i recorded the intro and outro music using this thing and my piano oh cool yeah that's fun i was gonna ask you i didn't know which podcast we're doing (laughs) oh we're doing that we're doing mine now i guess (laughs) wait do you want to do yours are we supposed to uh i think i'm just gonna steal yours and use it on my feed okay That, that works for me or maybe I'll do like a an edited version. Okay. Yeah. Just, just so I don't feel like, I I always I feel awkward using another person's podcast that's an actual episode of mine. Like you know, I, it's fine throwing mm-hmm. it on a feed, but like using it as like a numbered episode. Right. I always feel like a little weird. So if like if I put a little like if I put a little razzmatazz on the file, I feel like that's that's yeah, ownership. That's now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're free. Please feel free to do that. Um, I mean, you're the one who scheduled this, and um, you know. We'll just have it on both that both po- yeah, that's fine. This oh. is super blur. This whole part. Do I have to kill you? Am I gonna find the way inside of the maze? <laughs> Eric has the maze from uh, Westworld drawn in his notebook. I do? Yeah. No, this isn't the maze from Westworld. No, I, it's it, the ma- uh, Westworld stole a whole shitload Westworld of Westworld might be using rent. this maze. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But... It's it's like saying something from Lost where it's like, mm-hmm. yes, the writers just uh, you know, pilfered a whole bunch of crap from random western occultism and philosophy and called it a, called it a plot. This feels <laughs> like how my podcast works. <laughs> no, but you're saying, hey, I'm going to talk about stuff from like western western philosophy and occultism. They go, uh, here's a story about an island and uh, the lead character's name is John Locke. You know, like where it's just like, yeah, dumb people think this is smart. I'm rewatching Lost, which is why it's on my mind. I, um, I've only... Well, okay, we're not going to talk about Lost. We're yeah, going to talk, talk about... about uh, so we have a few um, topics that we discussed. One of them was um, uh, Wait, surviving... Can we, oh, sorry, Wait, can we start with synchronicity? I want to get this off my chest. Okay. This is important. Unless you want to, unless you don't want to start that way. No, no, let's okay. hear about... What are we resynchronizing? So I've been, I've been, I've been complaining that the modern uh, witchcraft, occulty, weird movement doesn't understand what synchronicity is that they it's like I was like if I came to this park and just went I was just thinking about pine cones what a sink where it's like no you went to a fucking park with pine tree you know and and it's all over the goddamn place it's so frustrating so I've been trying to like look around to see if there's anybody and there are some people I shouldn't say everybody but there's some people that do good sinks like that seem to be like judging them in a at least a a whiff of a scientific way because it's impossible Mm -hmm. to do an actual scientific but like you know um casual science or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. so I've been trying to document any good synchronicities I've had and I had a, like a such a ridiculous provable one that I want to pitch it to somebody because maybe because I think our next talk we're going to talk about how I've gone insane from from being stuck inside so mm-hmm. this may be I've gone insane I, my eyes are four, four sides white I've, I'm nut job now I was in my house watching Lost mm-hmm. and there's this character Juliet 
who I don't remember the actress's name, but she's one of those actresses, and this is important, this isn't a tangent. Uh, she's one of those actresses that, like, is... The second she shows up on a show, the show's 25% better. Just, you know, those people mm-hmm. that elevate a show, like... Um, uh, there's another one, uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs, you know him from Deep Space Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's certain characters that just, actors that show up on a show. So I was in my kitchen pretending to be talking to the actress, because that's what I do while I'm cooking, that or make up dumb songs. I'm having this conversation with her and saying, oh, you're one of those actresses. Oh, you know, the other example is Jeffrey Combs, who, who is great. And I was telling her what he's been in. And I'm like, I think he was in Reanimator which is one of those weird-ass movies that I've never actually seen, but I'm so familiar with because it's one of those movies I probably should be a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. I checked my phone while eating, and there was a picture of Reanimator on it. Why was there a picture of Reanimator Uh, on your phone? io9 used a snip from Reanimator as a jokey picture for one of their articles. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is way too specific to not be like a genuine holy shit sync. That feels... Okay, I'd say that's definitely a synchronicity. Because it's not its not one... Like, Google couldn't have known. It's not like one of those ones that it, it overheard me talking. Because I was having an internal monologue with an actress about something completely different. And then while thinking about Jeffrey Holmes, that is on my phone. On, But it's not like the title of... Because I could see the, the one, two, three to get to him from a... AdSense standpoint or whatever mm-hmm. from, from from the great intelligence that runs the internet. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But having an internal dialogue in regards to another actress that, you know, like, so I'm not, I, w- I wasn't watching a show with him on it currently. Right. That feels like a, like a holy shit one. And I, it's just funny because I, I'm in the middle of complaining about how synchronicities on the internet seem all bullshit. And this was like, whoa, that's, that seems pretty, because it's not like that's like a, no, that's a synchronicity. That's definitely a synchronicity. Yeah. Um, it's not like I mean, he's like I don't know. super popular. It's not like you're thinking about Donald Trump or like Brad Pitt or somebody like that. Theoretically, you probably see just about every day on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some sense, a synchronicity is any coincidence that has, that seems to have uh, external meaning. Yeah. You know, but, you know, like thinking about pine cones when you're on the way to the park is the opposite of synchronicity. That's just. An intelligent anticipation. You're going to be like, oh, there's going to be pine cones in my day soon. <gasps> oh my god, I'm out of park pine cones. You know, yeah. that's that's the opposite of a synchronicity. That's that's intentional. It's just yeah, it's yeah. observation right. of your right. surroundings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so so you were having a imaginary conversation with an imaginary actress in your kitchen. Is that yes. what you were saying? Okay. So this is just what I do when I cook, when I don't feel like listening to a podcast. I'll, I either have fake conversations or sing songs about eggs or whatever the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Um, right, well, so, like, uh, on my podcast before, one of the times you were, I can't remember if it was uh, season one of Arnomancy or if this was back on My Alchemical Bromance, we did have a conversation about you using um, microdosing to treat your depression. Yes. And you've talked about your depression a lot on your podcast as yeah. well. So it's something, and actually, I guess that's one of the things I really admire about you is how open you are to talk, talking about it. And, you know, as a, as a chaos magician or whatever the hell you call yourself. Yeah, I've, Alex. Alex, yeah. Alex, Alex, the chaos I, I magician. I hate the term chaos magician. This is the vaguely closest sort of... call you a chaote? Is that the... Yeah, see, that annoys the shit. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the term. I'm a, I'm a vaguely, I'm a magical-leaning... Person? I don't a magical know. lady. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, so, I mean, but that uh, that's sort of interesting. I mean, I feel like um, a lot of uh, practitioners, magical-leaning people, all the way to, like, fully, full-on, pointy-hat wizard people and, you know, broom-riding witches, uh, I, th- I think it seems like a lot of them deal with mental illness. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't really have a statistic to draw from, so I'm just sort of anecdotally saying, like, a lot of my occult friends seem to deal with mental my illness. My anecdotal evidence agrees with yours. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, so it's double anecdotal, which yeah. I think is is the second strongest form of evidence in um, empirical science, right? Yeah. Yeah. Double anecdotal. I'm trying to do like an anecdotal. Like I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out how to make that into uh, two. Bi- and bi- yeah. binecdote. Binecdotal. Yeah, binecdotal. That's nice. Yeah, there you go. We got that. Um, so, uh, so I think it totally fits in the theme of this podcast. To sort of ask, like, this is. So it's currently August. We have been in lockdown or pandemic mode or shut-in mode for what five months now. I think I, I feel like I started at like the end of February because I started yeah. a couple weeks before everybody else. Because um, 
it's not that it wasn't that different from my normal life. It's like, oh, I just don't go to the bar and right, you know, so cut you, back on in studio stuff. Yeah. yeah, so you just sort of yeah. Um, so yeah, over five months for you, but five months for most people. I think. Yeah. How's that? Uh, how's that impacted your depression? Like, what's it done? Oh, it's it's terrible. Like on a, I'm on a new. It's actually, it's it's amusingly terrible, which is <coughs> uh, the way I survive a lot. Mm-hmm. Where. Uh, like last, so I started microdosing again, which I stopped doing for a while because it wasn't really working so well, and I just mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I feel like relying on drugs doesn't. Um, how to put it? It's a tool to get you there. It doesn't get you there. Right. Um, so uh, you know where it's like, oh, well, it's, it's giving me what it can give me. Now the rest is on me. Mm-hmm. But with the pandemic, I started just redoing it uh, like a few weeks ago, and I'm feeling a little better. But um, I got to the point where like. Like three weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I stopped feeling emotions for a week. Mm-hmm. Where like not even not even like I was depressed. Like I just didn't have life to me. Like I became like a uh, uh, auto auto. Uh, I can. I became a robot. I want, what's the auto auto uh, automaton? Yes, automaton. Automaton. There we go. Automaton. I read too many <laughs> books and don't know how words are said out loud. Um, yeah, I, I'd be like I was just dully trudging through, and I like I haven't. I've written so five months. We've been in lock, you know, lockdown. I think I've written five hundred words, maybe, in that entire time. Wow! And that's like a, that's usually like a like a an okay session at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Not okay. I'm pressing. That's a shitty to hey. At least I did something session at a coffee shop. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like. 750 is kind of where you're sort of like, all right, this is worth the price of yes, a cup of coffee. Exactly. I, yeah, I, that's about where I am too. Because I feel like, you know, like once I cross that 1,000, 1,200, I'm like, oh, this was a good day. Like that's mm-hmm. like, so 750 is around. But uh, I can't be creative. Like I, I like thankfully have um, a co host and John Alex Hate stuff, that being the aforementioned John in the title, to keep me doing a podcast every two weeks because like I've, I've no creativity and yeah so this has been a fucking mess I'm getting like OCD tendencies I'm getting yeah I'm I'm a, this is horrific for people with mental health things like it is and then paired with what's going on with um, our government which I'm not gonna you know this yeah. this, this is not the, the forum yeah. but um, things aren't going great I think we can all agree on that yeah uh, th- that kind of uh, coupled on top it is just uh yeah, it is. It is a brutal time to be a depressed person. But there's this. There's an interesting addendum, a side, uh, odd symptom that I would not have expected. Is I'm kind of doing great, also, mm-hmm. because I think having depression during all this, it it's awful. But you've already done the kind of Rocky One montage training yeah. to deal with a world in chaos. Because my brain's generally fucked. Mm-hmm. So when the world gets fucked, it's like, oh, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I got this. You know, <laughs> it's, it's. Uh, I think a lot of, like, the, a lot of the normies, a lot of the uh, uh, neurotypicals, uh, we call them normies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just decided that now. Um, <laughs> they never have to deal with adversity like this. Yeah, to this level. I mean, I feel like it, it, to them, it's like getting in a car that they know how to drive a car, but it's a it's a manual transmission and they've only driven automatic, where it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. I don't know how to do this. Like, yes, this is the car I'm accustomed to, but now there's a thing and I don't know how to do the thing. For me, it's like, yeah, easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got I got this. So it's, although I'm numb and not doing anything useful other than podcasts, uh, I, I've managed to, like, I, I've been, I was deemed essential and uh, I went to work every day and, like, I, I'm like, for, for how bad I am, I'm doing great. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm showing up to work. I, like, I've, I shower frequently, like which is which is you know one of the downsides of being depressed is that sometimes like that, that goes on the wayside a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it's gonna it's I guess what you're saying has been a little bit of a mixed bag. Parts of it have been. It's I mean it's awful, but it's it's easy, mm-hmm. which is I, I don't know if that makes sense to. I, I joke around saying neurotypical, but I mean that actually probably is the right term. I don't know if mm-hmm. that makes sense to like neurotypical people, but it's like. It's, it's something you're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the downsides of depression, too. I mean, they're all downsides, but um, a lot of it is... Not a lot. That's I, I want to be careful here because I, I don't want to you know, victim blame. But you get in a habit of knowing how to be depressed. Mm-hmm. 
that I think sometimes you just are depressed because that's the only way you know how to be. Mm-hmm. Instead of having, like, your brain isn't producing the right chemicals, or, I mean, we don't really even know why depression happens, but, like, instead of the whatever the, the deep underlying reason is, which is usually how it starts, or, you know, something bad happens, it's, not, it's just, like, you develop the neural pathways of just being depressed, and that's just the way you know how to live. Um, so there's, you know... The, I don't know why I got on that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't spoken. This is, so audience at home, this is the first time outside of work that I've spoken to another human being in person. And here since, I am asking you questions. Since, <laughs> since February. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I, I, this was my idea. It's, but uh, forgive me if I, if I uh, stammer off into the middle distance a little bit more frequently than I normally do because I don't, I, I don't know how to be a human at the moment. Like I, I don't want to play video games and watch old TV. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, you know, I mean, I have been, I have been probably. Well, it's hard to say more than I, I've been out a little bit. You know, I go on hikes and walks and stuff, and um, I have had a few patio beers with uh, uh, friends or sometimes clients for my day job sort of stuff. Um, and while everything seems to be a lot deader than usual, like, there aren't very many people out, but, like, every time I've gone to a park, parks are parks seem to have lots of folks. I mean, they stay pretty far away. But I would say this, if we look around where we are now, Creston Park, which is a, a pretty big park in southeast Portland, it's probably less busy than normal for a beautiful, beautiful day like this. Yeah. This, I, this, I think this park also is the... Um, it's not very well known, I think. Oh, it's super well known by tweakers and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like if you think of like like a uh, uh, Colonel Summers Park. Oh yeah, like that, that one is, packed. is is always packed. It's yeah. just like there's weird, like you know, kind of the memetics of life. That mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know this one very well, but I mean, that's I'm within walking distance of this, and I don't know this park very well. It's anecdotal, but yeah, it's th- actually. I mean, unless you're coming from the south, it's not a very pleasant walk getting here because yeah. you have to walk along Powell. Um, but yeah, the other park in my neighborhood, it's been it's been more crowded than normal. Yeah, my na- so I live in Lads Edition, and the center park there has been nonstop people in it yeah. th- this entire time. The seconds were remotely nice out, and people um, people are staying away from each other, right? So there's definitely social distancing, and folks aren't crowding others. At least in my experience. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of crowding. My Facebook or my more Instagram feed is a lot of my friends being very close to each other, mm-hmm. and then complaining about social distancing, and mm-hmm. there's nothing. I've also developed being furious during this whole thing because I'm being a legit... This is the most... This is the biggest risk I've taken in five months is sitting slightly less than six feet away from you in an open-air situation. Oh, yeah. I think this is only four and a half feet. Yeah, but, I mean, I think outside we're pretty safe. But, like, this is my big risk. But then, uh, you know, my, my friends have, like... Oh, they're, like, spinning each other's mouths and rubbing on each other in a, in a boat, you know, taking pictures with their feet, doing summer mm-hmm. things. And then yeah. the next day, be like, "Oh, this social distancing is killing me." It's like I want to strangle you <laughs> with with a fucking with a hempen cord. Yeah, I do have a few friends who are who are almost not social distancing, uh, who are who are you know basically not doing it. Yeah, um, but they still respect people who are trying to, and they still you know you know they're wearing. I don't have any like anti-mask asshole friends, really. Yeah. That's 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 nice. At least I don't have to put up with that. I only have one, and friend is a stretch. It's mm-hmm. you know kind of a Facebook associate, kind of uh, yeah. well, you know somebody I know from the podcast, or they know me and friended me. But they post a lot of anti-mask stuff, which I just I I deem not to respond. So then overall, I mean, I guess to sort of like wrap that up on a scale of like one to ten. I don't, know if this, I don't know if the scale is going to work, but the question is, like, compared to surviving non-pandemic times with normal politics, with mental illness, yeah, you kind of sound like you're doing pretty well. Like, you've, you've developed coping mechanisms, right? You have coping mechanisms that have sort of carried over... Esque. Esque. So here's the... Here's the it, it's just... It's hard to describe because it's... Like, the other night... I had uh, a wallowing, like, mm-hmm. 
Charles Baudelaire level ennui hit me of how much of my life I'm wasting. Did you uh, use a fainting couch for this? Or? Uh, no, I, I actually don't have a fainting couch anymore. Mm. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I only have one of those Roman ones that they eat grapes with. Oh, yes, um, the grape couch. <laughs> uh, of because I, I so I'm turning forty at the end of September, and in the back of my head I was like, well, I'm just gonna. I was actually doing pretty well with being thirty-nine, but because my life's been a mess for like fifteen years. Um, of you know having a broken brain, I was like, but I'm I'm gonna gracefully get to 40 because I know it's something that's gonna bother me. Mm-hmm. I was doing pretty well, and then this happened. I'm like, oh, I'm wasting every last second I have, and then kind of in the back of my head of, uh, oh, uh, I'm not gonna be able to do any kind of celebratory thing for it, and like this kind of yeah. wash of like, oh, this is awful, uh, hit me, and uh, yeah, pretty much just didn't do anything for like eight hours. So I'm doing as a as an upright ape that needs food, shelter, bathing, mm-hmm. as as a as a functioning member of, of society, I'm doing all right. As a creative person that wants to do anything with their life besides make the government tax money, mm-hmm. I'm doing very poorly during this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is, it is, it is yeah. too much to carry, and I'm and I'm, I'm very close to snapping. I thought of gun ownership more than once, which I'm not going to, but that says a lot about what's going on in the world that I thought about gun ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I guess it, it, I think it would be a good idea to point out to the listeners, like, when all when, when the feds, when the federal government invaded our city, um, I had a large number of friends reach out who... I mean, when I say large number, probably four or five people reached out to me who were all, like, non-Oregonians who reached out to me over the internet and were like, oh my god, are you doing okay? And, uh, I mean, honestly, the national news has made a way bigger deal out of the, you know, chaos and rioting in Portland than actually has been going on. Like, there have been protests. They aren't that bad. They're almost all downtown or in specific parts of, of East Portland. And none of them have been anywhere near me. Some of them have been kind of close to you, I think, but barely. I mean, the only yeah. ones that were any kind of quote-unquote problem was when the the federal courthouse area in downtown. Yeah, and honestly, they mostly became a problem once the feds showed up. Like there was, everything was really calming down a lot before before the federal. Well, for a few days before the feds, because I mean, yeah. keep in mind, our, our mayor was tear gassing citizens for protesting. Yes, yes. Like, let's, I, I want to be clear about it because. It, it seems to be slightly forgotten because right before the Fed showed up, he's like, oh, I'll try to not use tear gas as much. Mm-hmm. Then the Fed showed up, used tear gas and, and, and rubber bullets and, and hurt my friends for daring to think black people shouldn't be murdered by cops, yeah. which I know it's a, it's a really out there That's on the limb. It's a very, very controversial opinion. It's a controversial opinion. statement, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess the, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because uh, I think the Fed's made it worse. Yeah. And, um, and I think that... Uh, the narrative that's been kind of spun by the federal government is that oh no we were helping but fuck no they were not helping yeah they were no they were they exacerbated it it was Mm -hmm. much worse than they're there and um yeah that was i think trump just wants his photo op he wants you know Mm -hmm. the the chaos in portland yeah 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 which honestly it was a very small part of portland it really you know, there was no... It wasn't like our city was under siege. Yeah. And it's also not like the majority of Portland doesn't support the protesters. Like, we're on the protesters' side. Yeah. The, the federal government showing up, or even, like, the Portland police continuing to do their shit is, is a huge pile of bullshit. Like, those are not representative of what rational human beings want. Rational humans do not want to live in a police state. Yeah. We do not want to be murdered by our government. And we don't want our fellows to be murdered by our government because of some because of like superficial bigotry yeah yeah all right okay political rant over (laughs) well i mean just just one little thing on top of that is um i think what people are struggling with because i i I have a lot of people on the east coast because that's where that's where i came from reaching out and, you know, wondering what happened with, with Portland. You know, why is it burning down? Uh-huh. And I'd explain, it's three blocks, it's nothing. Like, literally, Gestapo came in. Like, this mm-hmm. is, not literally, but, you know, figurative literally. Uh, you know, the brown shirts came in and, and fucked the city up. Uh, which is, you know, a lot of the story, but um, the defund the police thing became the narrative instead of BLM. 
Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of important to get back. I mean, it's not like we're talking to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people here, but mm -hmm. of the people that are, are listening, let's, you know, refocus your energy on BLM. I'm 100% on a soapbox right now, but oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's like, it's good to think about defunding police as that being the means to, you know, Black Lives Matter, but um, the stormtroopers coming in, the narrative became about that instead of about what's actually, you know, just, you know, hey, you got pulled over a plaque, so you're shot now. Mm -hmm. You know, you got choked. I mean, they just had, like, a couple days ago, they had another fucking black person get their, you know, get choked out, literally dead, because they fucking, you know, got a knee to the back. I don't have the details on me right now, but I was, yeah. But, it's all right. I'm sure people can look it up if they want to. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, uh, the narrative changed, and mm. it seems, I don't know, whatever. It's It seems important to me to kind of refocus in that direction, because um, the narrative shouldn't be, uh, you know, Portland is burning down and blah, blah, you know, this whole thing. It's, you know, it's, it's this is 100% the cops' fault. There's no equivocation. Like, they, 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 they fucking kneeled on a dude who was crying for his mom until he stopped being alive like that needs to, like we should talk that's we should be so uncomfortable how much that comes up because that like is fucking talk about that constantly because that is that is a that's horrific and that's something that happened and people are mad because there's graffiti on a courthouse right which you know fuck you i'm sorry i'm soapboxing i'm done that's it's just we should be more upset we should I agree like, we should, we be, should more be, upset. be we should be going fucking insane right now and i feel like you know, uh, yeah, I feel like we kind of are going insane. The whole country is kind of in the midst of trying to deal with this sort of thing, and the fact that uh, the fact that it ends up um, kind of being something that is that is split down party lines or something like that, where yeah, it turns into this yeah. partisan issue, is also super fucked up. I really don't want to... I, I feel like if we talk any more about politics, people are just going to stop listening because they're really here to talk about... to listen to us talk about occult stuff. That's true. But a lot of times it's it's bullshit when... It, I think that one of the, I think that one of the things that all occultists need to keep in mind, all practitioners of this sort of... of any of the weird shit need to keep in mind, is that politics gets into our occult communities too. And when we're not careful and when we're not, when we don't speak up about it, we end up with shit like, you know, uh, Nazis and alt-right people, you know, infiltrating conferences and yeah. becoming popular spokespeople for stuff. And uh, and it's gross and it's dangerous. I mean, and look what happened in the Norse ruins. Sorry, not that oh, I no, just no, totally no, jumped in, great... but like when I was coming up, Norse ruins were acceptable. I have friends mm -hmm. with Norse rune tattoos. And the, the fucking, like, literal Nazis took over that iconography. Literal Nazis, and yeah. And now people with, like, that have a spiritual connection to that, to that you know, path, they, to the average person walking by, they're not going to look for the little serif at the bottom that no. says that they're Nazis. No, that looks like a Nazi tattoo. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, so I think as an occult community, we do need to be aware of that because it is, I mean, the fucking, I mean, going back to Nazis, that's what they did. They took the swastika, the symbol of, like, you know, everlasting beauty, and then turned it into this gross, you know, it's literally the worst symbol. And right. they, they did the worst it is symbol. The worst symbol and it used in to be like friggin' universe. It used to be now. a rad thing that people like drew on the floor in temples. Oh man, and there's so much there's so much like cool old artwork and cool old like occult mandalas and stuff that are that are focused yeah. around this symbol that nobody can look at now without having thoughts of like, ugh, yeah. Nazis. Uh, yeah, and I mean it's and sometimes it's really sneaky, like Last year, I was, you know, having like a having dinner with um, a friend and uh, and uh, her new partner that I hadn't really ever talked to, and as we were sort of having an ordinary conversation, it came out that he was a fucking Nazi. He was an occult, or he was way into like all of that, like yeah, the Tula kind of the, that, that, that sort shit. of yeah, stuff, yeah. and like the the Klepoth, like you know, left hand path bullshit yeah. stuff. And he was a fucking Holocaust denier. I got up yeah. and left in the middle. No, you should. I was just Good like, this, I yeah. can't deal Good with this you. anymore. Um, yeah, especially when it, yeah, anyhow. Okay, so. Wait, 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 one, and this is a very, very, honestly, a quick point. I just want to make one addendum, a correction to what you said. Okay. We weren't, because you said, let's stop talking about politics. And I know what you meant, but let's just be clear. Thinking that black people shouldn't be murdered is not a political statement. It's that true. is a human statement. And this, the narrative right now is that it's a political stance to support BLM. No. You're supporting not murdering humans. 
And that's not a political statement. That is a statement that human beings, if you don't believe in that, then you have to really do some fucking inner searching. Because it's not political. That is, your people are getting murdered. Right. It it's is not political. It's yeah. moral. Yeah. It's, 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 the, it's like the basis of being like a decent human being. Which, it's the basis of being... It's, I mean, hell, the United States is, you know, still ostensibly mostly Christians live here. If you're Christian, your basic stance should be, let's not murder people. Yeah. And that's, and this goes to the Western, uh, you know, a uh, whole esoteric system of mm-hmm. trying to make yourself a better person. I mean, that right. is one of the fundamental things, and that is what we're talking about. So sorry if we, if we're, if, if people, if people turned off their, uh, <laughs> people turned off their iPods or whatever people listen to on right now. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, you probably, yeah, I guess those people aren't listening anymore because I, all right, anyhow, I want to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about something that isn't about murder. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about random nodding a little bit. Oh yeah, please. Because um, I know you experimented with this. Yes. Um, do you want to give like a brief description of what it is? Yeah. I've I've only used it a few times. I think you used it a little bit more than I did. So I I mean I did like a five kind of five jaunt experiment, and I did uh, like four different uh, things. Well, I should tell you what random knotting is. Yeah. So basically, random not uh, rando knotting is they have a random number generator. Essentially, I'm very much dumbing it down because one, I don't really know all the inner details, and two, that's mm-hmm. easier to explain this way. But it's a random num- number generator that kind of overlays with maps. And there's, you see either, like, there's a statistically too many random number generated plot points in an area. Mm-hmm. So they call that, like, a hot spot. There's another way that you do it is too few random number, random, randomly generated map coordinates. And that's a, that's a void or a null. Yeah, I think they call it an attractor of void and a... Yeah, attractor is the one with a lot, anomaly? void is the one with few... And I don't remember... The third one, I don't think I ever really understood. The third one's Anomaly, but I don't know if I remember how they described that either. Yeah. But, um... So, I... Basically, you you clear your mind of all thoughts and then focus on one thing that you want the randomness to show you. Mm-hmm. Which is a very kind of... It's chaos magic. Yeah, chaos magic. It's yeah. very, you know... It's kind of the fundamental... It's, it's basically Ponzi sigil work. Um, so, I did it. And out of, I'm going to say I did 15 experiments, you know, mm-hmm. 15 individual thoughts of random. I had two hits-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about it uh, uh, on the Alex cast. There's an episode that's called, like, Random, Alex Goes Rando Nautic random. or something. Yeah, 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 I saw that. I haven't actually listened to it yet. I just saw the title, yeah. but... Uh, like, long story short, I had one where... And this might be because everybody had discovered it at the same time because those kids found that body in a in a duffel bag. Did you hear about that? Yeah, up in Seattle. Yeah. So basically, these kids wanted uh, they they set their intention to travel. They found this uh, suitcase uh, on the side of like some some body of water. Puget Sound. Oh, was it the Puget Sound? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there was a dead body in the suitcase. So everybody in the internet went, "Holy shit, we can find dead bodies!" It's like, "Stand by me, let's let's <laughs> let's let's do it." And uh, so that was kind of the weekend I tried it because I'd been it's like, been in my notes for the Alcatraz for probably I don't know a year. Right. Of I should get around to it. I never did. And then it was, I was like, "All right, let's take advantage of this." Um, my two things were because it was so busy. I don't know if this one counts. That it kept sending me to the scene, not the scene spot. It kept sending me to... There's a school in Lads Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kept sending me to different areas in the kind of parking slash play area. Okay. Which means that it's not that there is a... At least to my view, it means that there... It wasn't that it glitched and gave me the same result. It gave me similar results. It's telling you you got to go back to school, Alex. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, like, I have a bachelor's degree, and I think that's an elementary school, so I don't... <laughs> I mean, I do. I have forgotten most of my elementary school it's time, stuff. It's so. time to learn Common Core multiplication. Obviously. Actually, probably, honestly, probably wouldn't hurt. I, I kind of suck at math. I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you what a participle is anymore. But um, that's not math. Yeah, no, I, no, I was. I was. I was on the next one. I was doing reading, reading, writing, arithmetic. Um, and then I had another one where uh, I, I set my attention for weird bird. Ooh, was, was my thought. And uh, I just heard a weird bird. Actually, the minute you said that, how how weird! There's only one bird in the entire city of Portland, and it finally just made a noise. Uh, synchronicity. I was hoping we'd get more crows during this episode too. Speaking of birds, but hey, that's true. Yeah, I mean they're there. But uh, when I first showed up, there was there was a a, a, a murder. 
a murder. There was a murder of crows yeah. hanging out here. Yeah. But, uh, Sorry, didn't mean to No, no, it's fine. Okay. I, I, I like a crow. They hang out in my front yard. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sent my attention for a weird bird, and I ended up finding, uh, kind of long story short, this this the, the spot that it sent me to had just had a bunch of uh, hedges removed, or some, some form of uh, uh, flora was removed. I could see the... the you know the residue of it you can tell where mm-hmm. it used to be because that was removed i could see these two awkwardly placed birdhouses on the uh, kind of nearer to where the point would be mm-hmm. so setting it for weird bird it sent me to a spot that maybe if i went the week before i wouldn't have been able to see those birdhouses oh, because of the okay. removal of that hedge or whatever it was uh-huh. it's not the most you know it's, it's not the most you know holy shit rando not thing but vaguely something, but out of 15 tries, getting it sending me to the school a bunch and nothing there and nothing remotely interesting happened, and then a really, really pretty big stretch of, I asked for weird bird, and there's, and even calling it a weird birdhouse is kind of a stretch, too, like, like a, yeah. a vaguely, but, yeah, I kind of kind of whiffed, and it didn't, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel, um, I can say this on your show. It doesn't feel magical to me. You know, like when you yeah. use, like, a, like let's say if you use, like, a scrying mirror or, mm-hmm. like, even, like, a Ouija board, who I, I don't really even care about and I don't like using them, but... If, but you have, yeah, you have, like, an imaginal interaction with yeah. it, right? Like, it, it engages the imagination. It engages sort of your inner sense of wonder. And you have... Yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I've I've done um, two or three Randonaut trips, and... Uh, the first time I did it without any intention at all. Actually, let me back up a little bit. The reason I started using Randonaut was because uh, my favorite walk, which is um, through Reed Canyon, oh, yeah. in the middle of Reed University co- uh, campus. By the, by the weird nuclear place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it got um, shut down to the public. Reed, Reed closed their campus um, because of the pandemic shit to uh, only allow students and faculty on the campus so I can't take my favorite walk anymore so I was like uh what do I do like I need walking I you know taking the bus feels super freaky so oh yeah fuck that so I can't really get to like Powell Butte or Forest Park or any of the really cool places uh and you know just walking around the neighborhood is great but I just I want to be in trees like I want to be in natural areas um so Randonaut got suggested to me by a friend. They're like, oh, try this out. Like, it'll at least give you a place to walk to that maybe you wouldn't have... It'll at least give you a destination. So I started using it for that. And um, it did take me to a neighborhood, to a part of my neighborhood, that I hadn't really explored very much. And I ended up walking down some really cool alleys and seeing some neat houses. But the destination itself was on private property. Yeah, that happened to me once, which I kind of did a null set of maybe there was something in that guy's backyard because there was a big fence. This fence yeah. was impenetrable like I yeah. could not see through it so I don't but I also didn't use an intention that time and the second time I picked the intention of um, take me to a spot where I can sit down and drink beer and it didn't yeah. it took me to like kind of a spot in the middle of a block where there wasn't neither was there no place to sit but there also it was a little too heavy traffic you know that that actually reminds me of the other part of this random not experience that I should tell you about because it is that it, you gave that thing an easy win. Oh yeah! Finding someplace in Portland where you can drink a beer is an easy win. Oh yeah! I mean, you just have for to, the universe. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there are so many weird little benches and yeah. parks and so many places, and it totally took me to a spot where I could not. So I gave I gave Randonaut on uh, two or three. I forget. This was a little while ago, but the one that was a hundred percent easy win. I told it Star Wars. Which in the back of my head, I'm like, if any fucking car has a Star Wars resistance symbol, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the Phoenix, it's a hit. There you go. I and there's tons and it, of those. And it's like a mile <laughs> in a heavily parked area from, from the hit back to my house. And uh-huh. I was thinking, this will be anything on this route. Right. And not a single... And it's like... It's, I, I gave the universe an easy win, which, which that just reminded me with your. That's an easy win to find a place to drink a beer, an easy win for mm-hmm. a star, anything Star Wars related. I walked like it was probably half a mile, three quarters of a mile on the route thinking about it, 
because I gave because I wanted I wanted Brando not to do something for me. Right. I was giving it so I, gave, I even gave up on the spot I gave. I went oh from the spot back to my house. I'll call that one. I didn't see a single fucking Star Wars reference that entire way. And I'm a Star Wars How's nerd. How's that even possible? That's what I'm saying. In, it's, in it, Portland? That's what I'm saying. So Random Knot might actually be like opposite magic. This might be a group of evil chaos magicians that's sucking our magic out by making us concentrate on an app. Okay, now, so you've tried it. I've tried it. Not amazing results. Yeah. However, uh, the minute I heard about Random Knot, it reminded me of something in this book that I brought um, which is one of so I guess I'm a chaos magician too I don't really describe myself that way since I, I, I tend to do so much like renaissance and planetary and you know sort of ceremonial magic yeah you seem like old you're like fancy schmancy magician don't, don't, don't lower yourself to us common I don't think I don't think chaos magician is a is a lowering of at all I think that part of the ways that I use chaos magic in my practice is that I don't do any sort of like I'm not like a literalist when it comes to all that old stuff. Yeah. I use traditional techniques and then I adapt them in ways that make sense to modern sensibilities. Yeah. Right? So, um, so anyhow, there's this book by Patrick Dunn called Magic Power Language Symbol. And it's kind of, I would sort of describe it as uh, intermediate or advanced sort of chaos magic that really has to do with like understanding semiotics and understanding linguistics and understanding like states of consciousness in a way that chaos magic never really seems to to at least dive dive into um and so he talks about some of the practices he uses in the midst of like discussing all of these very um tricky linguistic topics he'll he'll sort of inject like oh here's a technique that that i use that uses the concepts that I've discussed in this chapter. And one of them is, um, so, so there's a, there's a really, really old sort of like sigil prayer magic technique called, uh, uh, defixio, which is where you take, um, it's usually used for like curse tablets, but it's, it can be used for any sort of intention thing where you basically write your, it used to be like lead plates. You'd write your prayer or spell or sigil on a lead plate and you'd fold it up and then you'd hammer a nail through it so it would be fixed Ooh, by the nail that's cool and then you would take that and you would tuck it into like the cracks of a temple wall or you'd throw it into a well and it was and like we've um archaeologists have like uncovered you know wells in ancient greece that are just filled with these old tablets these little plates that have been nailed shut or whatever so what he does is what what patrick dunn does is he will do either his sigil or his intention on like a piece of paper and he'll fold it up and then he has this uh, technique called a defixio with a derive or with a derive it's probably french who the hell knows yeah um and he basically oh, french huh the french would know the french would know I'm just positing an answer i we don't have any of them here right no. now the, the, i mean they're incredibly socially distant no. <laughs> um man so uh but the, his technique is he um he stands either at a crossroads or at a doorway. Usually he uses like the front door to his house. And he says a small prayer of intent to uh, uh, Janus Bifrons, who is like the god of crossroads and the god of doorways. Oh, that's Two-Faced guy, right? Yeah, the Two-Faced yeah, yeah. guy. And, um, and then he envisions the act of like crossing this crossroads or stepping through this doorway as entering into a new realm. And he goes through and he tries to have like... Uh, it, he basically looks for synchronicities super intently, right? Like, he basically takes the idea of synchronicity to, like, a stupid extreme, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, where he just is like, oh, there was a bird in my sigil or something that looked like a bird, and there's a bird's nest. I'm going to leave this here. And he finds a place to deposit his his um, defixio okay. yeah. based on that. And I was thinking this would be a really good thing to combine with randonauting. So, oh, yeah, so yeah. your intent would be you have your sigil that you've created and the trek to the randonaut location from your initial doorway. So your, your center would be the doorway. You walk through it and you go to that location and that's where you deposit your sigil. Yeah, okay. Let's, I think we should try that next. Yeah, I'll give that a try. I yeah, me too, have, me too. Um, so one of the things that I've never figured out in, in chaos magic or any magic really is the um, 
getting rid of sigils when you're done or getting rid of magical stuff when you're done. So mm -hmm. right now I have, I've been trying the, um, I know through Gordon White, I don't know if he came up with it, but the shoaling method for sigils, where you that do like basically do a, a thing he invented. Yeah. yeah. So you do a bunch, you do a bunch at once, mm -hmm. and, um, and then you have the robo fish that they all follow. So you have. I like, didn't go that far. I was just kind of trying to do the basic, like just uh -huh. do a shitload at once. And his thing, I forget if it was him or it may have been Peter. No, no, that's Carol. That's Patrick Dunn. Um, Peter, Peter Carol, but like the leaving them someplace kind of that you just kind of see it out of the corner of your eye and doesn't uh -huh. draw attention which is right. not something I really ever did so I have like four on the in quotes mirror in my bedroom which mm -hmm. is just this ratty ass mirror that you can't, doesn't really reflect anymore it's like the silver I guess has gotten detached so it's just mm -hmm. like it's not good so it's just kind of sitting there and I never use it just kind of in the corner of my eye but I never know how to get rid of these things so it might be interesting that I have ready made four of these I'll re-download Randonautica mm-hmm spool them together maybe I'll throw a, a paper clip through them pretend that's a nail I think it's a good idea an or, or a, a thumbtack yeah 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 alright yeah. I'm in I'm done okay let's right. do it I'm gonna try that too yeah. let's uh, we'll report back um, so anyhow uh, after the, uh, this book I've like honestly I cannot recommend it enough I have loved it so much I've read it twice and I've had it for less than a year like it's just filled with good ideas there is a I'll put a link to the show notes. You guys go go through my show notes and find the link for Magic Power Language Symbol and go get it. And while you're on Amazon buying this book, also buy one of Alex's books. Yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll have links to those too. Yeah, good. Um, I wrote them. You should read them. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Oh, man. Periphery. I, that's such a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, I really wish the Magical World... Hey, Magical World, listening here. Uh, um, Periphery is a work of magic it is, it is. there I, this not me being like a like a douchey writer it is <laughs> it is replete it is the height of my magical interest and work was was while that book was being written so boy you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of uh <laughs> over layering magisteria of magical stuff going on in that book yeah yeah i wish, for sure. I wish people had found it more because like ah, i want people to find that thing because I, I read about people's magical practice i'm like that's kind of what i was yeah I'm like i can't tell you that you have to read the book you know <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so uh, the last thing I want to say about this defixio with a derive or derive, whatever the hell the word is supposed to be, um, there is near my house, well, not super near my house, but somewhere near my neighborhood, this um, piece of artwork kind of like in a really ugly industrial neighborhood, but it's basically like this um, welded together weird doorway thing that I've totally been wanting to use for this technique. Uh, and so if you're listening and you're in Portland, uh, the what three words address for this particular doorway is senses, deflection, lived. So there will be a link to that in the show notes too, so you can use that doorway if you want to. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a really good experiment. Yeah, I'll give it a try, because I, I feel like those things have been in my mirror for long enough. I've had this stuff for about two weeks now. Mm -hmm. I, need to, I think they're done being there, like they're cooked. Yeah. So I need, to, I need to dispose of them. And historically, because uh, I live in a basement apartment I have no access to anything mm -hmm. I just I tend to just soak them in water till they get yeah just kind of broken up to be awful and then just kind of throw them out because like ah, mm -hmm. they've been washed away it's 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 done yeah it's the, one of the one of the elements took care of it yeah. I usually tell people uh you bury it burn it or drown it yeah it's yeah. you know living in an apartment uh burying and burning is is uh limited access yeah I mean you can go to a park and do it which I've done before but I feel really awkward burying shit at a park yeah, it just if you feel you just feel like a weirdo. I mean, which I'm fine feeling like a weirdo, but when someone sees you, you look sketchy. I guess is the better way to put Burying it. Burying a piece of paper in the park definitely looks sketchy. Yeah, yeah. I did it in uh, Lads because uh, there's one rose garden that I read in a lot, mm -hmm. and I, I did like a big sigil work last year, two years ago, and uh, it was like raining and you know at like two in the morning. Uh, so I went there and kind of you know, brought a brought a, a, a snow scraper for my car and used that as a mm -hmm. shovel. And some of them fucking walked by at two in the morning in the rain and saw me doing it. I'm like, that is, oh, come on. What do I have to do to get some goddamn privacy around here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually, uh, I usually tear them up real small and then burn them in, in phases. Yeah, I, I, I would love to do that. My apartment is uh, no incense, no burning. Uh, That's right, yeah. There's very, uh, uh, very little uh, nose protection between the floor, I, the basement, and the upstairs. Mm -hmm. and a lady upstairs uh, uh, does not like the smell of smoke. Well, so um, the other option is uh, flushing them down the toilet. 
because yeah. uh, it, that uses uh, Portland water, which is amazing bull run water. It's, it's very pure, good, clean drinking water for a city of our size. Um, and the sewers are ruled over by uh, uh, turtles. Cloacina. Yeah. Cloacina, the, the ancient Roman goddess <laughs> of sewers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, include with it an offering to her, and you're totally in good shape. That's yeah, not just, a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know what you would offer her. Candy? Nose plugs? Nose plugs? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to flush those, though. Maybe um, some incense powder, you know, just to make things smell better. Who knows? It's not about it. Actually, I have some... Perfume, uh, actually. Maybe a little bit of perfume. I have some of that, like, um, resin incense. You know, the old school that I have to burn mm-hmm. on, like, a uh, like a charcoal altar. Yeah. Uh, which I can't use in my apartment. I could just smush that up real good. Because that would flush, actually, readily once it's smashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've got a mortar and pestle, and you could... Uh, and then you can um, put some... Like, you could wrap your sigil around it and... Yeah. Or shred the sigil and put it all in there at once. That would be a great... That would be a great offering. Yeah. Especially well, if you clean the toilet first, you know? Yeah, I'll do I'll do random nautica first, and then my next my next sigil thing, I'll do mm-hmm. I'll do an offering to... Offering to Cloacina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we've gone... We've gone, I think, full circle here from... Uh, we, we've definitely covered a lot of different topics. How... I assume everybody who listens to this already knows how to find you. But just in case, tell them. Uh, Well, I have a podcast called The Alex Cast. Uh, You can find everywhere podcasts are found, Alex with two X's. And by the time this episode airs, your summer break will be over. Uh, Yeah, yeah, which I have. I have an interesting show lined up, which I haven't recorded yet, so I don't want to say what it is, but it it might be batshit insane, so it should be fun. That's cool. Everybody loves those. (laughs) If you like uh, movie talk, uh, I host a show with my friend John called John and Alex Hate Stuff, uh, where... Actually, we don't really hate... Well, John hates stuff a lot. I tend to like movies that it annoys him that I like them. But uh, it's a fun movie show, and I have books on Amazon. Alex Bolin. Um, Eric will put links in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Periphery, my novel, would would uh, go over well with the magical community. Mm-hmm. It would... Yeah. I think it, it needs more attention. All right. Well, thanks for being on, and um, I'm sure... Hopefully, I'll see you again before the... Uh, before the pandemic ends. Hopefully the plague doesn't take us before then. Oh, I'm sure there'll be something There's something else. It'll yeah. start raining frogs or something. Before oh, man. I, yeah. Oh, also, I mean, the election is coming up, so we might have, like, full-on civil war. Oh, yeah, or... I'm just waiting for Mark Antony to show up from the grave and declare him Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh... Rome, oh, Rome humor. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy Podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.